Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Tigers Today podcast. It is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, coming on just after the Tigers, the suddenly competent Tigers, um, win again. They took the series from Cleveland, 2 nothing or 5 nothing winners today, another outstanding pitching performance by Eduardo Rodriguez. His last six starts, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I think 40-some innings, a 0.43 ERA, seven scoreless innings, today uh, and all of a sudden the Tigers are 17 and 19 they took uh, two series on the road trip they took two or three from St. Louis took two or three from Cleveland they're 17 and 19 and, and closing in on first place in the utterly awful AL Central I guess so uh, they're off tomorrow on Thursday and then they uh, come back home for three games against Seattle another off day and then two games against Pittsburgh Um Hey, at least they're interesting. That's what I said at the beginning of the season. At least be interesting if you're going to be bad or, or not good. At least keep people's attention, and they certainly are doing that. Eduardo Rodriguez has just been absolutely phenomenal watching him attack the strike zone. Going to leave the Tigers with a little bit of a conundrum uh, later in this season, deciding whether they're going to move on from him and try to get some prospects. But that's, conf- that's a little bit uh, of a tricky thing, too, because, of course, he has the opt-out. So do you keep him and run the risk of him opting out or – do you trade him and run the risk of not getting much of a return because he might opt out? So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But for now, Tigers are 17 and 19 after taking the series in Cleveland today. Chris McCoskey has all your Tigers coverage at DetroitNews.com. He is on the road in Cleveland. I am on the road in Comstock Park, Michigan, overlooking lovely LMCU ballpark here at uh, the home of the Whitecaps. 30 years of West Michigan baseball. Uh, I remember I grew up in this area just south of here. I remember when they came, it was such a big deal. I think they were, what were they, the Oakland A's? Were they the Oakland A's affiliate? Now, of course, the Detroit Tigers affiliate. Uh, I'm going to check out some baseball here uh, over the next day or two. Uh, but I wanted to talk, uh, so I guess this is a special edition of the Tigers Today podcast, the Whitecaps Today podcast. Uh, and I'm joined. Uh, I'm going to be joined later in this podcast by the manager of the Whitecaps, former Tiger, Brian Pena. He was a catcher for the 2013 Tigers. I'm very interested to ask him if he feels like it's been 10 years already since that uh what should have been an epic season, what was a really good Tigers baseball team, and of course, heartbreaking ending for them in Boston. So we'll talk with Brian Pena later. But first, I'm going to bring on my good friend, uh, the voice of the West Michigan Whitecaps, also the voice of the Detroit Mercy Titans basketball team. That's where we see each other mostly uh, when the weather is not as nice as it is out here today in West Michigan. Dan Hasty. Dan, thanks for coming on today. Oh, you know what? It's good to see you. Especially it's good to see you when we can be outside. We're oh. technically behind home plate right here at <laughs> LMCU Ballpark. But I'm pretty sure the most amount of times I see you, it is just abysmal outside. <laughs> so the fact that we can have something like this. and I mean, th- this is that pocket of the year right before it gets way too hot. I know. And we only get a couple of weeks of this, so we have to enjoy it. But we're talking like low 70s right. for about the next 7 to 10 days. So, right. I mean, th- this is the, ins- in the inside outside weather that I think everybody is just craving. No, I know. And we only get like seemingly like two weeks of this, you know, because obviously I mean, we just had that nasty stretch of weather where I'm sure you saw some games in some abysmal conditions. And then, like you said, it's going to get unbearingly, unbearingly hot uh, later. And, and you look like you, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a guy who sweats a lot. You look like maybe you sweat a little bit as well. Oh, uh, you uh, think? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pouring sweat right now as we have uh, this conversation. So the, 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 the summer months are brutal. This is the perfect time of year. Obviously, great baseball weather. And here out in uh, 
Comstock Park, West Michigan. I, you know, look. You got to invest in that dry fit. Right, exactly. That's, that's a good point. That's the move. I, I have I have a fair amount of golf attire that is dry fit, which helps uh, in the summer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's great to see you. It's great to be here. It's been a few years. I think I was just talking to you. It's been. You asked me when I walked in here today when the last time I was here, and I said, "Well, I'm pretty sure I talked to the player Ben Verlander, who's now the." Uh, I guess podcast aficionado Ben Verlander and um, really enjoy his podcast by the way. Um, but uh, so it's been a while. It's been about seven years or no nine years I guess since I've been here. So it's good to be back at uh, the home of the Whitecaps. And I guess look, you know, fans, Tiger fans are you know there's two there's two ways a season goes when you're a Tiger fan. You either are in, totally invested in the team because it's really good, and then you don't pay as much attention about the minor leagues. Or the team's really bad, and all you pay attention to is the minor leagues. And actually, right now, we're caught a little bit in the middle. <laughs> no, no, one knows all what to do. no one knows exactly what this Tiger team is. I think we can both agree they're <laughs> not great. Uh, but like I said, at least they're interesting. They've won several series now in the last month. They're playing some competent baseball. They're winning a lot of close games. Eduardo Rodriguez has been very good. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, two guys we've seen signs of life from um, lately. And so, um, you know, some decent stuff going on there. But down here, uh, this is uh, the high A affiliate of the Tigers. It used to be the low A affiliate. They got bumped up a few years ago, which I think is good. I think you see better baseball. I think you get some bigger names, bigger prospect names. I'm sure the fans do appreciate that. Uh, but I guess on this roster, uh, I mean, what am I going to see today? Who are a few guys who really stand out to you? Well, to your point about the Tigers, I mean, I think when a massive change happens at the top, mm-hmm. Alavila's out, Scott Harris is in, we all know that we need to – allow the new leadership to put this thing together the way oh, they absolutely. want, the way they absolutely. see fit. So this idea of, well, it's been a losing season after a losing season after a losing season, and we're tired of it, mm-hmm. you can't come into that with that mindset. If you want to call it rebuilding the rebuild, whatever you want to call it, they you won't, have they to won't use that term, by the way. They won't use that term, by the way. Scott Harris avoids the word rebuild. Like it's, I mean, he's allergic to it. And like, you know what? Like, to, like, to his point, I don't think it is. I think, and we we have some mutual friends that will call it a team build before they would call it a rebuild because effective team building is a lot more impressive because usually that also has to intertwine with being competitive. And I think that's simply Tigers fans' request. When they went into this season, they just wanted to see their team be competitive. They wanted to see player development, and not just at the major league level, but at the minor league levels too. I think we're seeing some of those signs for the first time in a long time. We saw a little bit of it last year. I was pretty encouraged by some of the signs we saw. Some guys who were big-time prospects who kind of faded away over time. I think about Parker Meadows. I think about Wenzel Perez. Guys who were big-time names when they were initially sent to a place like West Michigan, for example. And the numbers were not what they were expecting, what a lot of us were expecting. But then last year, some of those same guys, all of a sudden the light bulb just went on. And you can say, okay, well, they're 22, they're 23, they're 24 years old. Maybe they should have figured it out by now. But it's not all created equal. And as we know, player development is not a linear process. There's a lot of things that have to go into it. But I was encouraged by what we saw last year and this year, just taking West Michigan into account. Mm -hmm. Because Erie's obviously not off to the best start. Toledo's off to a solid start. But West Michigan has the top batting average in the Midwest League. They have the lowest ERA in the Midwest League. And they're doing it without a single top 30 prospect in their starting rotation, by the way. So development happening at the surface. 
surface happening at the major league level, that's one thing. But it has to also start underground. And this is one of those places where you'll see it. You'll see Jace Young. He's the Tigers' number two prospect. We'll see Roberto Campos, who's a top 15. Isaac Pacheco, who's a top 15 prospect. There are some position players coming, and they're also getting the right amount of organizational leadership finally now that they have these people around them. And I think that's what's encouraging. Well, you mentioned the organizational leadership, and Scott Harris came in, and he didn't make wholesale changes necessarily right away, at least with the Major League roster, and you know turned off a few fans because I think a lot of fans thought, okay, great, new new administration, and they're going to blow it up, and it's going to be completely new, and that's not what you do when you come into a new situation. I think in Scott Harris's case, if you come into a new situation where you're taking over this historic ball club from top to bottom, you lose a little bit of credibility, and you lose respect among the people in the organization if you come in and on day one say, well, this is all wrong and we're going to change it. You have to do it over time, right? And so I never thought he was going to go crazy with the major league roster, and he didn't. He made a couple shrewd moves and and so on. His big thing, of course, has been the organizational philosophy, which we heard on day one, which was, you know, control the strike zone. He talks about controlling it from the pitching standpoint. It, you know, if you control the strike zone, pitching, hitting, it's going to help out defense. It's going to just – everything works out from there like the spokes on a wheel. Um, so you did see the Tigers under Harris – go with some new player development people in the organization. You know, there's some people, you know, some new coaches and whatnot, new, you know, roving instructors, whatever. Brian Pena has been in the organization a while. He's been West Michigan's manager since 2019. There wasn't a season in 2020. So his first season managing the Whitecaps was actually 2021. But, uh, But Brian Pena is still here managing the Whitecaps. And I think that that's kind of a statement of where Brian Pena fits into this organization and what he means at the lower levels in development. And I guess from your interactions with him, I'm just curious your thought on that. They really love him. Mm. And I think it's not just from a peer standpoint where you're talking about other coaches, but I mean, I think we've seen this in Detroit with Dan Campbell. And obviously this is a very, very smaller scale of that situation, but you know, the leader of men dynamic, the idea that there is a group of players that want to go to battle for this one particular leadership figure. And to be able to stock your minor league system with people who allow these players to be passionate about the game of baseball. I was listening to somebody saying about the Tigers just earlier today that the Tigers have put it on these players. They put it on the active roster and their players to be, quote, responsible for their own player development. I actually think I may have heard Scott Harris say this the other day, but he said that we want these guys to really take ownership of that. Well, what's one way that you're going to really convince these guys to put the work in, to put the time in? And a lot of these guys are professionals and a lot of these guys act like that, but it's taking it that extra step. It's taking that extra, you know, 100 pitches from the batting cage. It's taking soft toss for an extra 10, 15 minutes. It's working on just the finer points in your bullpen session every other, you know, start. But it's those managers that connect with players that allow them. I mean, think about it. When you were in school, did you perform well in classes because the teacher was somebody that you connected with? It's the exact same dynamic I didn't here. perform well in any classes, but I'll take your word <laughs> Well, for it. there are people out there that would tell you. All right. And you, you think you about so? <laughs> you think about if you have somebody that you really do believe believes in you. I think you get the best out of those people, and I think you get the best out of that situation. Mm. Interesting. Brian Pena is such an uh, interestingly dynamic personality. I mean, we remember this 
from 2013. I mean, he was a backup to Alex Avila, but um, it was actually his best season. He almost hit 300 that year in 70 games of work. But uh, <laughs> Can I tell you something real quick? I actually <laughs> saw a typo somewhere. I'm not going to say where it was, but I saw a typo that said that Brian Pena was the backup to Detroit Tigers' Al Avila. Oh. <laughs> and I remember saying, you know, they might want to change that because those are two very different people. Fair enough. But in the, in the uh, basic truthfulness of it i'm sure alex has been called al before so i'm sure he's been called a lot of things he's usually okay with it no matter what you call him he is another uh, tigers have been fortunate to have a lot of great personalities in in catching um but just uh really quickly let's run down those few guys you mentioned um and what you've seen from them earlier this season um jace young i think is of interest to the majority of tiger fans because he's a high draft pick um, you know, he's got a baseball pedigree. He's a familiar last name. And um, I'm just, you know, off to a little bit of a slow start, I guess. Um, curious what you've seen from him so far. All right. So there's two Tigers top 30 prospects that play in the middle infield in West mm-hmm. Michigan. You've got Jace Young, who's mm-hmm. the Tigers number two prospect. And if you take Jackson Job out of the equation only because he's not playing right, right. now, he's, he's the highest ranked Tigers prospect in the entire system. Between him and his double play partner, Danny Soretti, you're going to see as you watch, whether you watch on MLB TV, which is the way you can watch Whitecaps baseball now, but they both have... Thank you. They (laughs) both have unique, very unique batting stances. Mm -hmm. And I am all for bringing back the quirky batting stances of yesteryear. And Jace Young, you'll kind of notice like a Jason Kipnis slash Mickey Tendleton kind of like just lean the bat back. You've got Danny Soretti. I I totally copied Mickey Tendleton for like one week in Little League. One week in Little League. We all did. I did Mickey Tendleton. I did Juan Gonzalez. I did Sammy Sosa. I digress. (laughs) But so Jace Young, he kind of points the bat straight back towards the press box, which is super fun. That's like Tendleton. Yeah, totally. And and so then there's also Danny Soretti, who holds the bat literally way over the top of his head, kind of like Craig Council used to do. Yeah, it. Yeah, not, yeah. not full extension, but enough to make yeah. you go, that's weird. But it's in a good way. And the guy's hitting, I think, the top five batting averages in the Midwest. I can believe he's one of them right now. But mm-hmm. back to your point on Jace Young. Um, the OPS sits just south of 800. Um, the power's been a little bit hit or miss so far. His numbers in terms of batting has kind of been somewhat similar to what we saw last year. Um, I think he's defensively capable. Uh, I know that his offense at a second base position is premium. So if you do find a way to get the hard contact more consistently, and I've seen it enough to think that he's just one hot streak away. And here's the truth of the matter. A lot of these guys are. All that has to happen is that Jace Young goes out and goes four for four on any given night this week, and he goes from hitting 230 to hitting 270. So what does batting average really mean if that's the case? So there's a lot of important metrics that go far beyond the triple crown stats, and I think Jace Young is somebody that is one of those people that does things that are going to translate better to the higher levels as he goes up. And I think he's got the right people teaching him the right things. How is he defensively? He's good. He's solid. He needs to be that way at that position. There's really not a lot of other places that they could move him to. So he's going to be a second baseman pretty much through and through. But – He's never going to be flashy. He's never going to be the 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 you know the the Javier Baez or whatever second base equivalent you want to give to him. Lou but, Whitaker. <laughs> he's not going to be Lou, but he is going to feel what's hit to him. He's been extremely steady in that way. The guy defensively that I'm really excited about is Isaac Pacheco. I mean, third he's base. the third baseman. 
He's also a Tigers top 15 prospect, but in watching what he's done, and he's doing this against guys, I mean, the average age in the Midwest League is about 23 years old. So when you get a 20-year-old that's able to hold his own, it makes you pay attention. And Roberto Campos, another guy that we can get to, is one of those guys as well. But back to Pacheco, defensively, he is just as good, if not better, at this stage in his development defensively than he is offensively. We've seen the offensive flashes. He doesn't have the highest batting average, hitting about 230 as well, but a lot of the contact that he's made has been hard contact, kind of like what you saw with Spencer Torkelson Mm. at the beginning of the season. A lot of hard hit balls. They have not related to as many base hits as they probably could have, but defensively, he's a big league third baseman right now, and that's one of the big problems and one of the hardest things that translate. Sometimes they don't, but when you're a 19 or 20-year-old kid, if you show that ability, the Tigers are going to eventually get a really well-rounded player. It would not surprise me if they were just as excited about Isaac Pacheco as they were about any of those guys in their top 30. Wow. Uh, you mentioned Roberto Campos, center field, um, a big international signing by the Tigers, young, raw, I think it would be fair Super raw. to say, um, but uh, from what you've seen of him in the early going, I know we talked a little bit before we went on the air, but just, I think the word is raw. He's green, you know. And there's so much power. I mean, raw power, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, he loves fastballs. He, he's like He's like Pedro Serrano. He yeah. hits them very far. And All right. <laughs> All right, Eddie, that's enough fastballs. Throw him some breaking balls. <laughs> and, you know, he's actually getting the hang of those nicely, too. But there was a ball last year, and there isn't as much batted ball data in West Michigan as there is in low A. I think we're still kind of catching all of minor league baseball up with the times. I think in the years ahead, you're going to see instant replay in minor league baseball. I think you're going to see the ABS system, or at least the ability to challenge pitches mm-hmm. like we see in AAA Toledo, for example. But here, I guess I did not know you did not have replay. Yeah, we, we, we do not have it yet. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be here probably in the near future, if not as soon as next season. But I think when you're talking about West Michigan and, and trying to find a way for Roberto Campos to, to, to excel. One of the things is his exit velocity. And one of the things that his velo showed down in Lakeland was that he's an elite power bat. Now, the question is, is can the Tigers, and this is their big case study in player development right now with him, how can they get him hitting the ball in the air more often? Because he's not right now. He is pounding 100-mile-an-hour line drives straight into the ground. <laughs> so if they can find a way to just tweak him, getting his bat path more efficient and getting it through the zone longer and things like that. These are all these sports science studies, right? Like how can they leverage the ground? How can they leverage you know, their, their handles, for example? But Roberto Campos hit a ball last year in Lakeland that was 121 miles per hour. You didn't actually see very many of those. That would have been, had it been in Major League Baseball, the second hardest hit baseball in all of MLB last year. So we're talking about somebody who I don't know if you're looking for him to be the the well-rounded skill set, but he also does something that other guys don't do. I mean, it's it's an elite characteristic. Now they're just trying to channel it and they're trying to develop it. Right. Well, and that's what this level is all about down here in West Michigan, uh, the Whitecaps, their 30th season. It's crazy to think about that this is the 30th year of Whitecaps baseball. Again, I remember when they when they started this thing, and it was such a big deal to get baseball in, in you know, affiliated baseball in Grand Rapids, so just north of Grand Rapids. And, uh, you know, this is where it begins. And, you know, for the, a lot of these Tiger players, we saw Riley Green here not long ago. We saw Spencer Torkelson here not long ago. 
uh, now obviously making major contributions at the major league level. So guys to keep an eye on, appreciate that. Um, 30 years of Whitecaps baseball, I still think this ballpark looks beautiful, um, Lake Michigan Credit Union ballpark. Um, but they are doing some changes. They have announced a, a multi-year couple phases maybe uh, as far as renovations. This is going on throughout a lot of minor league baseball. They're trying to bring a lot of minor league baseball, have a little bit more of the, I guess, as close as you can get to a major league baseball feel and, and infrastructure for player development as well. Uh, but they've announced uh, big time plans here. And I'm just curious if you can take us through what people can expect in the coming years. I still, again, think this is a gorgeous and, and beautiful ballpark in a great setting here north of Grand Rapids, but it's about to get a whole lot better. Okay, so first and foremost, there are a lot of Tigers fans listening to this right now. The fences are coming in in West Michigan. <laughs> Who says we don't know our audience? Okay, so the fences are coming in right now. I think, actually, the, I think I'm the only person in Tiger the Tiger sphere that didn't want the fences to come in. <laughs> oh, you definitely were. I, I, I mean, it just. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy that they're bringing them in here. Well, they have to. So here's one of the reasons. So you mentioned that Major League Baseball, who now controls Minor League Baseball, did a lot of mandates, mm-hmm. saying that a lot of teams needed to change some things about their ballparks. So. West Michigan basically just said, okay, so we got to make a couple of changes. Why don't we just make a lot of changes? So one of the big things that they want and one of the things that we grew up with, because we both were going to Tiger Stadium when we were younger, was the bullpens were in foul territory down both baselines. Well, that's no longer going to be a thing. You're going to notice that the bullpens are coming off the playing field in every ballpark in America. So enjoy it while you still have it because it's going to be gone soon. So with West Michigan, they're going to put two bullpens out in right and right center field. So those will be next to one another. They're going to bring that in about 30 feet because they need the room to put those bullpens in. So it is. I could pop one out there. It's 402 to both power alleys here. That's deeper than Comerica Park. That's pretty deep. So to move it in about 30 feet, now all of a sudden you get to about 375. It's much more manageable. You get more home runs. Nobody's sad about that. So that's going to be the big thing, at least in terms of what we notice next season, as well as uh, the Whitecaps will have a new clubhouse. That'll be on the third base side. I know the players are really looking forward to it. The Tigers are excited about that because the facilities that are currently in place are good. They're good enough, but these are going to be as as good as you'll find in all of minor league baseball. But as the years go on, this is a multi-year stadium renovation. Then all of a sudden you're going to be talking about a 360 degree concourse, which is something that we've never had here in West Michigan and we've always talked about, we've always wanted. So the ability to take that lap around the ballpark just couldn't do it in the past. So we'll have that coming in, but all these things are, are looking to be... That's one of my favorite be... things about Comerica is you can do that. Yes. You can walk around the entire ballpark. You can't do that at every major league stadium, but at Comerica you can walk around, you can go to the outfield and all that. Yeah, but they ended up making a couple of small, small changes, but I mean, one of the things you'll notice here tonight, and I know a lot of other stadiums have done this too, but they changed the lights, the LED lights are here, so this is the first year that we've actually been able to to see what happens in deep right and deep left center field because the <laughs> lights are just so bright. It's funny. When we got them, we found out after the first night that there are three settings, kind of like you know, small, medium, large in terms of brightness. And we had it on medium the first night. Brian Pena wanted to try the large setting, and I think they tried it one night, and they felt like they were in a tanning booth. Like It was just like so bright. Well, that they were know, the like, first, turn it down. The first night they had the new lights on at Comerica Park this season, I'm convinced that Nick Maton twice lost a ball in the lights, which I've never seen anyone lose a ball in the lights at Comerica before. Uh, he kept looking up because they were so bright and it can was I, so unusual. Can I tell you, I can see that being an issue mm-hmm. because 
I don't even think that it's prudent to look directly into them. And a lot of them, it depends on where you go. But here in West Michigan, a lot of the lights are pointed down. So you can only see so many of those LED lights on the light towers, which is good and bad. But they do what they need to do. But the ones that you do look at, you almost have to remind yourself not to look directly into them. They're that bright. Well, yeah, you you don't want to look into the sun and you don't want to look into the LED lights. (laughs) I get it. No, it's a, it's going to be a gorgeous ballpark. It is a gorgeous ballpark, and it is a uh, you know there's you know there's some great minor league baseball within the vicinity for Tiger fans, for Michigan baseball fans. I mean, you can go to Great Lakes, you can go to Lansing, you can go you know even Toledo, and then of course West Michigan here. Um, it's, it's a beautiful ballpark, and it's only going to get better over the coming years. Fun place to watch a game. I've taken my nieces and nephews here, and, and they love it. Obviously, affordable and uh, and a good time. Uh, last question before we before we wrap this up. I know you got some work to do today as the Whitecaps continue what seems to be a 95 game homestand <laughs> against the Lansing Lugnuts, <laughs> season long <laughs> yeah. homestand. Um, but uh, um, so you've been in broadcasting a while. Obviously, I'm just curious. I always like to ask broadcasters, isn't over my shoulder? I see obviously a, a bobblehead of, of the great Ernie Harwell, but um, I assume one of your inspirations, one of your idols, I mean, I think he was one of all of our idols when, that are getting into the media business, but just who are some of the guys that you, that you grew up idolizing and those who end up becoming mentors? So my mother was the driving force behind my baseball passion. My dad loves baseball, mm-hmm. but my, my mother, she breathed baseball when I was a kid. And I was born in 1985. So I was born with just enough time, not oh only my to... God, the Tigers have not won a World Series in your lifetime. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Wow. So I was only five. I did get a chance, and congrats. I'm sure you got some, some memory. Well, here's maybe. the funny thing, and it, really quickly, I'll interrupt you briefly, but the final out of the 84 World Series, Larry Herndon's catching the ball um, off the bat of whoever. Was it Templeton? Maybe it was Templeton. I don't remember. Uh, but that was the final out of the 84 World Series. That is the first memory of my life. Wow. That's the as far back as I can remember a memory. Was what a that great. final out. I remember where we were watching it in our family house. I was five years old. Uh, just to, you know, and that was the first memory of my lifetime. And it's just been downhill since then, basically. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> so a lot of it my own doing. <laughs> so, so all right. So you know, I got a chance to go to Old Tiger Stadium. So I got a chance to not only go but to experience it and to appreciate it. And so. My mom's tiger, it was always, it felt like it was changing for a while, but when I was young, it was Ernie Harwell. That was her tiger. So I always gravitated towards that. And I, I mean, I, I was a kid that wanted to play baseball, but I knew that it was hard to become a major league baseball player. But I remember listening to him and I would say, you know what? That's it. That's, that's the spot I want to be in. That's what I want to do. Something like what he's doing, because I mean, how much fun is it to go to a baseball game every single day and to talk about it? So I got a chance to listen to him. I remember once when I was walking the concourse at Old Tiger Stadium, I saw him walking by and he was in his, his coat and his, in his hat. And I remember I actually kind of tugged on his coat. I was all five or six years old. And I said, hey, come with me. <laughs> like he didn't have anything better to do. So I brought him over to my mom so I could introduce the two of them. I never got a chance to meet him in a professional capacity, but I did have one interaction, um, not face-to-face. Uh, it was during my high school years. I was cut from my varsity baseball team, my junior year oh. of high school. That was a tough blow. And so I remember thinking in that moment, okay, well, if this is the first moment where I start the broadcasting stuff, the broadcasting career, so be it. 
but I was still – it was really sad. I mean, yeah. I wanted to play with my, my friends, and I wanted to go play ball in the summer. It wasn't going to happen. I don't even think we had cuts at our high school varsity baseball team. <laughs> and I wish, I wish they hadn't. <laughs> but, but what happened was, was, unbeknownst to me, my mother somehow made contact with Ernie. Mm. And I was out at the mailbox about two weeks later going through, you know, the, the, the period pieces, the, the periodicals, the, the advertisements, and all of a sudden a letter – to me from an E. Harwell was sitting there with the return address. And I'm glad I didn't pass out because I could have been hit by a car fairly mm-hmm. easily. I, uh, I opened it up. It was a letter from Ernie, Tiger's letterhead. Uh, and it said, I hear someday you may be a great baseball broadcaster. Don't mind a few setbacks now and then. Just keep on keeping on. You know, this too shall pass sort of thing. And so I will tell you, that is one of my most prized possessions. It is actually sitting here on, on this floor in this ballpark, one room over at my desk. And, you know, just to have a little moment with him, because he was, he was getting older at that point in time. It, it was at least we had something like that. But he's one of my greatest influences. Dan Dickerson is, of course, another. Mario Pemba is somebody By the way, as well. about Dan Dickerson, and uh, I've known Dan a while. His wife was my journalism professor at Michigan State. Um, and uh, just really quickly, I, and it's something that I tell friends all the time, but if, if, if Ernie Harwell never existed... Dan Dickerson would be considered one of the great baseball broadcasters. Oh, but, on the Mount Rushmore and, and now baseball he's, he's broadcasters. Great. He's considered great. Sure. But I'm saying he'd be considered one of the – but because of Ernie. Ernie was just Ernie. Ernie was Vin Scully. Ernie was, you know, you know Joe Buck or what – you know, the, 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 those guys. Um, but if Ernie didn't come or wasn't ever with the Tigers, like Dickerson, he's so good. And the way he the treats way people. He, and, oh, he's, he's just like Ernie in that way. Yes. And he, you can tell Ernie had the influence on him because yes. Ernie helped him. Like, Ernie brought him to that position. You know, Ernie mentored him. And you could see just flashes of Ernie in Dan. Like, he tries to do the same. No one's ever going to be Ernie Harwell. Ernie Harwell was amazing. But, uh, you know, and, and nice to everybody. But um, anyway, um, so Dan Dickerson, you, you mentioned, obviously, he was an influence on you. Who else? Yeah, and you know what? I think you know an Ernie Harwell influence influenced broadcaster oh, when no you meet que- one. Right, no I, question. I got a chance to meet with Len Casper, who's now the radio broadcaster with the Chicago White Sox. Mm. He had been with the Chicago Cubs on television for a handful of years. He was also an Ernie Harwell disciple. So, you know, when, when you run into those people, it's almost like that guaranteed universal stamp of approval mm. because we've all come from the same tutelage. We've all come from the same level of education. Mm. So we've had this opportunity to be in in that same frame of mind as we've come into to this line of work, into this profession, into this labor of love, whatever you want to call it. But I think we all have the right disposition. And knowing that you have somebody like Ernie or Dan in this case, I mean, the apple does not far, you know, it doesn't fall far from the tree because Dan Dickerson has taught us that. And it's fun to watch the Michigan cluster of broadcast voices, whether it's Ken Cal doing Red Wings, whether you've got Dan Miller doing Lions. Oh, Detroit you know, is blessed. It's with some really, really an embarrassment good. of riches right now with yeah. some broadcasters. Yeah. And think about it because the teams haven't been all that good and lately. I know. And so maybe that's why that we think that we're blessed because we're listening so much to the broadcasters because we don't want to pay attention to what's going on. In the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's changing. It's going to change. I think so too. Uh, absolutely. And by the way, I, um, I'm jealous of you that you, I, I have, I, I, I wrote with Ernie a few different times. I would write letters when I was a kid and he would email, he would write back same thing. He had that big looping, gorgeous handwriting. Um, 
few different letters, and I'm jealous that you have yours, and I do not. And mm. mine have been lost in moves over the years, and it breaks my heart. Uh, but uh, the writing on mine's like fading away. I feel uh, like I need to find like what they preserve yeah, the Declaration right. <laughs> of Independence with. <laughs> so I, I don't can, want I that can, thing to go away. I could see that handwriting though. He had such good flowing, and he, you know, he just he took the time to just make it legible, and he was such a guy. But anyway, all right, Dan Hazy, the voice of the West Michigan Whitecaps, also the voice of Detroit Mercy basketball, which is where I usually will see him, and we'll probably see him next. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at that Dan Hasty in case he has any more viral videos to share with all of us. Dan, we appreciate you joining us. We'll do it again sometime. That was fun, TP. Appreciate you. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tigers Today podcast live on location from gorgeous West Michigan, Comstock Park, Lake Michigan Credit Union Ballpark. Uh, talking Whitecaps today, and I'm happy to be joined by a former Tiger. Tiger fans remember him well. Tiger fans, I think, took to him quite a bit. Uh, but Brian Payne, the manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps. Brian, appreciate you joining me for a few minutes today. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, this is a beautiful view. I, I <laughs> We're up in the press box here. You don't get to I see this it. view very no, often. I love it. I love it up here. You know, I uh, I really enjoy this view. Uh, but, uh, you know, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, it's my pleasure. And, and it's an honor for me to be here. All right. Well, all right. I'll tell you what. You stay up here for the game. I'll go down there and manage, and we'll see how that works out. <laughs> we'll see if Scott Harris approves me managing. I, I'm pretty Met- sure you're going to do a much better job than I do. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, well, that's where I want to start with you. I mean, you've been with the Whitecaps now a few years. Uh, I think 2020 was supposed to be your first year, and then COVID obviously happened. Uh, so 2021 was your first season managing the Whitecaps. Uh, I guess, first of all, just what's, uh, what's it like over here in West Michigan? I love it. I love it here, man. I think, uh, you know, our fan base, uh, you know, if it's not the best, it's one of the best in the game. Uh, you know, I really appreciate, obviously, uh, you know, our organization, the Detroit Tigers organization, you know, to give me an opportunity, you know, to continue to help our, our younger talent, you know, uh, to, for them to trust me and put me in this position, you know, the position that I love, the position that I appreciate so much. And uh, and obviously, uh, you know, the, the White Cups, I mean, uh, they are my family, mm-hmm. you know, they really, uh, you know, been there for me. You know, since the first day, you know, Ginger Reggie, you know, and his guys, uh, you know, Dan Hasty, you know, and everybody, you know, from the media. I mean, and, no, you and don't the need fans. to say nice things about no, Dan Hasty. No, I Hastie. mean, he's, he's, he's uh, you know, him and I, we got a, a beautiful relationship. You know, I, I, I really appreciate him. I really appreciate Nate. You know, they're doing a tremendous job, man. I, our players, they love them. And, uh, and obviously, you know, like I said before, man, uh, it's, it's a beautiful place to be. You know, we are blessed. You know, to have a chance, you know, to be here and, uh, and and representing, you know, the Tigers, but also, you know, have an opportunity, you know, to represent, um, you know, the White Caps every single day. Uh, it's a blessing from the sky, and uh, we just have to continue to go there and, and do whatever we got to do, you know, to continue to work hard and, and get our place better. 30th season of West Michigan Whitecaps baseball. I was telling Dan earlier in the podcast, I grew up around here just south of here and and remember when this place opened and it was so exciting and to see it all these years later and to have them be affiliated with the Tigers I think was huge when that happened several years back um, speaking of the Tigers um, so you obviously joined the organization as a, as a coach uh, under the previous administration previous regime Scott Harris comes in and look when a new guy comes in he has new philosophies um, you know he's going to hire a lot of his guys uh, and he did make some changes in the minor leagues but um, obviously you're still here so I think that that's a sign that you know, you buy into what they're selling. His big message when he came aboard was in the organization wide was owning the strike zone, right? That's what everyone's been talking about when he got the job. That's what the first thing he said from pitching to hitting, it affects everything. It's like the spokes of a wheel, right? And I guess when you heard that, and I mean, what was your impression and how, and 
how important do you think that is? That philosophy is. Well, I mean, it was easier for me to, uh, you know, to 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 buy into that because uh, I'm a former catcher. Well, that helps. That helps. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's everything for us. You know, but at the same time, you know, I, I um, you know, I, I just want to say thank you, man. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you because I I have an opportunity to to stay in the organization that I love and respect so much. You know, an organization that I that I that I really enjoyed. You know, to work for and uh, you know, obviously. You know, have a chance, you know, to uh, to be close to, you know, to Ryan Garko and, uh, you know, and uh, his guys and, and obviously, you know, Scott, AJ and, and the entire, uh, you know, front office, you know, people, you know, to give me a chance, you know, to come back, uh, you know, to give me a chance, you know, to continue to, to make our players better. Uh, you know, it says a lot about, you know, what they think about me and uh, hopefully, you know, I can be here, you know, for uh, for years and years and years to come because I don't see myself going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, you know, it's it's all about our players. You know, uh, uh, Brian Peña, he already has his time. You know, he already had, uh, you know, an opportunity, you know, to go out there and and, uh, and, and play at the highest level. Now it's, it's my job, you know, it's our job, you know, to make sure that our players, you know, get to experience what I did, you know, and, and, and get to experience, you know, to go out there in Detroit and, uh, you know, and representing us, you know, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, winning the World Series sooner than later, you know. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's so exciting, you know, when you see guys like Torkerson, you know, uh, guys like Riley Green, you know, guys like uh, well, you I know, wanted to ask you. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about those two because, obviously, <laughs> you, you managed Green but not here, right? You managed him in an earlier stop, right? In Connecticut. At, in Connecticut. In Connecticut Tigers. Uh, uh, but and, but you, did, you did manage Torkelson here uh, in West Michigan. And I'm just curious, um, obviously, you know, we talked about earlier the Tigers won again today, won another series, and, you know, they're playing pretty good baseball. And, uh, you know, those two had slow starts. And, you know, when your fans – you know, you, you and you've been hearing about Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson for so long and your fans, you expect them right away to be the guy. You know, that's not how it always works. But um, they've started to obviously you've seen good at bats. You've seen them come along this season. But I guess for fans that maybe are, were a little bit worried about either one of those, which I think was a little ridiculous. But you manage them. What did you, what did you see from them then? And what do you? I mean, where's the ceiling for those guys? The ceiling is very high. Uh, you know, those guys they really understand what they need to do to be successful. You know, we just need to understand that uh, it takes a little time. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a little time for them. You know, to adjust to uh, to uh, to the highest level. I mean, uh, not everybody's Mike Trout. Exactly. I mean, and 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 it's just you know, it, it's just one of those things that uh, you know the that 2020 season. You that know, hurt. because of COVID, that one hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that one hurt. Um, obviously, you know, we want, uh, you know, our guys to go out there and, and be successful right away. You know, but at the same time, you know, we have to understand that everybody had to go through a process. You know, everybody had to understand that uh, that is a very difficult level. You know, it's a level that uh, is very demanding. It's a level that, uh, you know, you're playing against the best, you know, every single night. Mm-hmm. You know, and for you to go out there and compete, for you to go out there to continue to do whatever you got to do and put yourself in a good position, you know, to, to be successful, it takes some time. You know, it takes some time to understand that but at the same time man what i love about it is like everybody you know it's it's it's, it's a great team chemistry you know, and obviously start with, you know, from the top, you know, AJ and his coaching. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, our guys, they, they go out there and, uh, and and they compete, man. They, they give everything that they have. And, uh, you know, you got better than, you know, like Migi and, uh, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. Boyd, Rodriguez, uh, you know, Baez and guys like that. They're also, uh, you know, scope, you know, mm-hmm. they also, you know, make our guys better. And, uh, you know, we're just uh, super excited about, you know, our Tigers and, uh, 
uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we can continue to bring our younger talent and, uh, you know, one day, you know, we can be having a conversation, you know, talking about, you know, winning the World Series and that's the, and that's the goal. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll be this year. They're only a couple of games out of first place. You never know, right? Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's a process. and uh, That's the beauty about this know, game. The 2006 Tigers kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think this team will, but building in the right direction. And it starts at, at the at the rookie level, obviously, but here is a big, you know, ground level of the Tigers organization here in, in West Michigan and lovely LMC ballpark. A um, few players that I want to ask you about that I think Tiger fans are interested in just because of the name recognition, but uh, start with the second baseman, Jace Young. Well, I mean, J.J., uh, uh, J.J. is a special man. J.J. is one of those guys, man, that is funny. Uh, you know, he really want to learn Spanish. You know, mm. he really want to go out there. And How's that and, going? Oh, man, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, you know, because he would come to me, and then, he, had, you know, he would talk to me about, you know, I'm, I'm calvo, so that means that I'm bold. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, when when am I going to get, you know, some hair back? You know, I should do something with my hair, you know, and <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that he really want to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is something that I really, uh, you know, captivate my attention and our attention because, uh, you know, he doesn't take anything anything for granted. You know, he goes out there every single day and he works very hard. You know, he want to be, you know, he, he, he want to be a big leaguer very soon. You know, so it's something that we are continuing to work. It's something that we also, you know, trying to make sure that he understand, you know, that it's a process, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, that uh, you, you have to go out there. And, and well, how uh, much is it, is it uh, how much is it, you know, kind of instilling in that? Because when you're a high draft pick and you're young, sometimes you think like the road should be easy maybe and you should be fast. How much is it? Letting, getting them to know that it is a process. It is a, it, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen overnight. Well, I mean, it, uh, like I said before, you know, it's uh, uh, Ryan Garko and, and our coordinators, you know, they're doing a tremendous job, you know, to making sure that our players understand how the system works, mm. you know. And, uh, and and obviously, you know, education, you know, it's all about that. I mean, uh, you know, you have a chance to go out there and, and, uh, and, and show our guys, hey, listen, you know, don't get caught up so much on this and let's pay attention about this one, you know, mm. because this one is the one that's going to help you to get to it really faster you know so uh you educate our our, our players you know you you make sure that our players understand you know exactly what they need to do you know to be successful and uh, and and just go to work you know mm -hmm. but at the same time i mean uh, uh he's doing a tremendous job man mm -hmm. he's doing a tremendous job you know obviously you know we want him to continue to grow we want him to continue to get better and uh you know i i uh, i don't want to be selfish you know I, I want him to continue to move up and and help us you know in detroit but at the same time you know we just hear for him you know we you were just here for for everybody, but you know, in this case, you know, we just want to continue to put him in a good position to be successful, and that's our job. Mm -hmm. uh, another player I want to ask you about center field, Roberto Campos. Um, obviously, um, big international signing, big you know name. Q1. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Cubano. And, uh, yeah, um, but young and and raw. Uh, I guess that would be my early impressions. I haven't seen much of him play. I'm just curious uh, your early thoughts. Well, I mean, I not because he's from Havana, Cuba, my same home, you know, <laughs> the same hometown that I was born. But uh, this is a young player who really understand, uh, you know, that uh, for him to be successful, you know, he had to make some adjustments, mm -hmm. you know, and he did that during the off season. You know, he went to work. Uh, you know, Kenny Graham, our uh, director of hitting, you know, and uh, and the coordinators and hitting coaches, they 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 create. Uh, you know, a player plan for him. And uh, one of those, uh, you know, uh, observations that they give him is that, uh, you know, he need to uh, he need to understand that uh, he's, he's very strong, 
you know. So with that being said, you know, you know, he need to make some adjustments with his swing, you know. And that is exactly what he did. He went, he went to work, uh, you know. He worked for a little bit in Miami, and then he went, uh, you know, to Dominican Republic. That's where him and his family they live. And uh, you know, when he came back, uh, you know, for spring training, you know, we saw a big difference, you know. And obviously, uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to him, but also it goes to, uh, you know, to our guys because, uh, you know, we make sure that we give him a plan, mm -hmm. and, uh, and 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 that plan right now is working very good. Uh, you know, we understand, uh, you know, that uh, that he's very young. Mm -hmm. So obviously, How old is he? he's yeah, 19. 19. He's 19, so you know he's one of those you know players that he got an elite talent, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we just want him to go out there and and continue to gain uh, you know some experience, you know, for him to go out there and get a bat and get repetition in center field in right field, you know, because that's what we have been playing him so far. But at the same time, man, uh, you know, he really want to be great. You know, he's uh, he's, he's motivated. You know, obviously, uh, the fact that he cannot go back to Cuba, uh, you know, is really hurting him, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, because obviously a lot of his family is down there, and uh, and uh, you know, is uh, is is a very difficult country. You know, is uh, is a very difficult uh, government, and uh, you know, just just for you, you know, not to be able to go and and, and visit your family, and for you not to be able to go and and experience, uh, you know, that uh, love and mm. and uh, you know and and that, uh, uh, you know friendship you know with with your uh, you know with with the people that you grew up with and and uh, and for them to share and and for you to share with them you know what is happening what is happening in your career you know it's very tough mm -hmm. it's very tough but at the same time you know it, it, it makes him stronger mm -hmm. you know it makes him tougher uh you know mentally tougher and uh you know that's exactly what he's doing man i mean his english is uh, is, is 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 better than mine you know, to be honest with you, I mean, that's something that, that impressed us because, uh, you know, he did, really did uh, um, a tremendous job, you know, to, to focus on, on learning how to speak English, you know, to understand, you know, exactly the importance of, of, of being able to speak English. And, uh, you know, he's doing great, man. He's doing very good. Uh, we're very happy. Obviously, you know, today he's going to be playing out there, you know, in center field, and uh, hopefully he can have a great day. And, uh, you know, we just have to continue to help him, you know, get better and grow. And the last player I want to ask you about, because Dan Hasty raves about him, third baseman Isaac Pacheco, uh, has impressed some people. Fair to say? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, Pacheco uh, is one of the nicest human beings that I've ever been around. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very social, mm -hmm. you know, I like, you to, I like to talk we to people. We remember this from our days in Detroit. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I like, I like to be, uh, you know, I like, because I love people, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but at the same time, Pacheco, you know, Pacheco is special. You mm -hmm. know, Pacheco is one of those players that uh, he's going to be great. You know, he's going to be awesome. He's going to be a tremendous ball player. And, uh, you know, he's going to be, you know, an all-star, you know, hopefully, you know, someday and stuff like that. But more important, you know, I want people to know that uh, Pacheco really cares about, uh, you know, people. He really cares about his teammate. You know, he's very respectful. He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, he really, really give everything that he got, you know what I'm saying, for, to, to make you better. You know, and uh, I mean, he's he's one of those guys, man. That, that it's hard for it's hard for you not to root for him. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, you know, he got a tremendous talent. You know, he got a, a you know tremendous power. He moves very well at third base, and uh, you know, we're very happy. You know, with 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 the way he's been playing defensively, also, and uh, and and you know, in his swing, you know, he has been uh, you know making some adjustment with our hitting coach. You know, CJ Wesley. You know, uh, they've been working very hard in the cage. They've been working very hard on the field, and uh, and and obviously, you know, those are adjustments that he has been making, you know, is, is good to see him getting reward, you know, for his hard work and, and, uh, and dedication. And, uh, man, I would just want to just, just 
let them play, mm-hmm. let them go out there and showcase their talent every single day, and, uh, and and make sure that they're healthy. That's that's my my main goal. You know, I want them to be healthy. We want them to be healthy. You know, Tiger that's fans why. want them to be. Healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, at the end of the day. You know, if you heard, you know, knocking on wood, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to go out there and, and get better, right. you know. And, uh, you know, all for four, four for four, that's part of the game, you know. But at the same time, you know, just for him to go out there every single night and, and give us exactly what we want. And that is, uh, you know, for him, you know, to give, uh, you know, uh, everything that he got, you know, to, to understand, you know, what is exactly what he needs to do to go out there every single night. Uh, you know, preparing his body, preparing his mind, you know, understanding, you know, how important, you know, is the, the nutrition and uh, mm-hmm. how important it is you know uh, go to weights and and do weights and 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 understanding you know that from from time to time you know how 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 important it is you know to rest remember i mean this is a very young player you right. know he's very young and uh, you know this is the first time that we have an opportunity you know to uh, to be with him and we have an opportunity to see him cuz last year you know we saw him just for a little bit but now man uh, he's he's uh, i can see why everybody is in love with him i can see why everybody really appreciate what he brings every single day to the table and i can see why his teammates and coaches love him so much interesting uh when i asked you about each of those three players the first thing you mentioned was either that they're a special person or that they're a good person it wasn't a you didn't mention their talent first you mentioned that they're good people i'm just curious at this level how important is it to obviously you want to develop baseball players but it seems like maybe you also want to develop good people you do i mean uh in my humble opinion you know you want uh, you, you want to build that you know you, you want to be able to to build you know good good people uh, you know great teammates because that's that, that that's leadership you know that's what it's all about you know you want guys you know to to be around uh, you know leaders you want you, you want to create leaders you you want to create that that uh, 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 healthy environment you know you want to create that that uh, that brotherhood you know and everything is starting in the minor leagues you know because obviously uh, you know Riley Green and, and Torkerson they have a great relationship right. you know what I mean they're pulling for each other you know they want that you know and the Krylers and guys like that Dingler you know they've been playing together for so long now they're they they, they became brothers you know so, uh, you know, for us to, to have an opportunity and, and, and be blessed, you know, to see them playing at the highest level and they were here, you know, they broke bread with us. You know, we ate together, we traveled together, you know, we were happy together. We won some games, we lost some games, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 an amazing, it's an amazing feeling, man. I feel like, uh, you know, uh, our organization, like I said before, you know, they're doing a tremendous job and to continue to, uh, you know, to, to develop our, our talent. And uh, this is our house, man. You know, this is exactly, you know, what we want. You know, we want our, our guys, you know, to continue to grow and, and uh, help us to win the World Series, uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later. Well, uh, on that note, and I just have a couple more for you, but you mentioned the World Series. And, uh, again, we're joined by Brian Pena, manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps, Tigers catcher in 2013. You mentioned the World Series. 2013, it's crazy it's been 10 years since that year. Um, that was a magical team. Fly times. Huh? I mean, uh, right, time, time right. <laughs> That was a magical team, and some would argue that was probably the best Tigers talented team since 84 even. It was a great team, obviously. The lineup was stacked. The pitching staff was stacked. I'm just curious, uh, how special was that year taking away – a brief week in October where things went south. Well, I it, let's put it like this. You know, I ask uh, I ask God every single night 
what am I doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, 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 it was an amazing, uh, it was an amazing year for us. I mean, we, we love each other. We protect each other. We have each other's back. I mean, we learn so much from each other. I mean, it was a beautiful atmosphere. It was a great environment. It was, a, it was, a, I mean, it was a special, special year for me uh, personally. And also, you know, I you learned so much. You that year. Yeah. And also I learned so much from those guys. That's exactly what I was going to tell you mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, I learned a lot from uh, Victor Martinez, you know, Prince Fielder, Tori Hunter, you know, Miguel Cabrera, uh, you know, Johnny Peralta, you know, and, and guys like that. And, and that's to say and, nothing of the pitching staff. Uh, oh, <laughs> you yeah. You didn't even I mean, mention one pitcher there. I mean, we're just talking about, know, you know, from the officer's standpoint, you know, but from the different standpoint, obviously, you know, when you have an opportunity to see every single night, you know, our guys to go out there and compete and, and pushing each other in a healthy way, you know, to be great. Uh, and, uh, you know, and for me, you know, to be part of, of that and for me, you know, to go out there and, and, and compete with my, you know, with my teammates and, and going out there, you know, to, you know, in the battlefield and, uh, and do everything, our power every single night, you know, to represent Detroit and our fan base. I mean, it was, it, it was amazing. And uh, I, I, I believe, I believe that, uh, that it was, you know, it was a great team. I, I really do. And we still talking about team. that. It was the best team in baseball that year. I think so. I think so too. You know, with all the respect, you know, to Boston because, uh, you know, they won the World Series that year. But, but at the same time, man, I mean, what we had, it was a special. And obviously everything started, you know, from the top, you mm -hmm. know, that, you know, Dombrowski, you know, uh, he put that team together. And, uh, you know, with the support with the Elish family, obviously, and, uh, you know, um, Leyland, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the skipper, it was, it was amazing. I mean, a lot of stuff that I do today is thanks to him. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff that I do to him is because I learned from him. A lot of the stuff that I do today, every single day, you know, with our players and how I approach the players and, and how, how should I talk to the players and stuff like that is because I learned from him. Mm -hmm. So everywhere I go, um, you know, every time that I got a chance, you know, to say thank you, you know, to him because of that, because of what he, he made me uh, better, you know, he made all of us better. And, and what I went through with him and the experience that I had and the conversations that I had and the way he was coaching, the way he was managing, the way he was teaching, the way he was, uh, you know, talking to us, the way he was preaching to us, you know, it was, it was something that, uh, that I it always going to be with me in my heart. And I, I always want to be thankful, you know, for that team and, uh, and for, uh, for, for the Tigers, you know, to, to give me a chance, you know, to be part of a, a, a great moment. That, in my life. Obviously, that was Jim Leon's last year managing. He told you guys right in the clubhouse in Fenway after the yep. series ended. Well, yep. first of all, what was that like? What was oh, that? It was, uh, Nobody I mean, expected that, right? I mean, uh, it was. Uh, uh, it was. I mean, it, it was tough. I mean, because you just tough. you just had lost a series that, yeah, you thought was, you, that you thought you probably should have won. Yeah, it was very and tough. And then he comes in and says, "That's it." It was very tough. Uh, you know, it was very emotional. Mm. I mean, you see, guys, future Hall of Famers. You know, someday, uh, you know, they they broke down and uh, you know they shared tears and all of us. You know, we we got up and we hugged each other. I mean, uh, uh, and and we knew that after that, you know, uh, everybody was going to go different ways and different directions right. because that's why that team was so special because we knew that what we had, it was going to be probably the last year that we were going to be together. Mm -hmm. It was going to be, you know, one of those years that we had to do something special for, you know, for us because, uh, you know, we deserve something special. Mm -hmm. Our fans, they deserve something special. The Illich family, you know, deserve something special. But unfortunately, you know, uh, we couldn't get the job done, you know, completely. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the friendship, that the respect and the love is still there. And, uh, you know, that is something that we that no, nobody can take that away from us. And uh, it's still in, in all of us hearts. It's crazy that it's been 10 years. And obviously it's been, you know, the rebuild for the Tigers has been probably about eight years. And, you know, again, it's, uh, it's on its way up. We're seeing that with the current team. But last thing I got for you, you mentioned Jim Leland. You mentioned the, the emotion of 
But I mean, there has to be one favorite Jim Leon story from you. Oh. There has to be. You probably have 10 or 12. But 10 or 12? <laughs> I mean, remember, I was a backup, so I was right, right next to him pretty much all the time. So, you know what I mean? Like 10 or 12. Uh, you know, I got You were lot. getting the secondhand smoke, probably. I, I mean, I tell you, I, I have a lot. I mean, the skipper, the, the skipper is amazing. Mm. You know, this year in spring training, he went down there, right. you know, in Lakeland, and uh, we sat down and we talked, and, and uh, you know, he, he feels, you know, he, he continued to treat me like I am his, uh, his younger Cuban son. You know what I mean? And I'm like, skipper, I'm managing now, okay? I'm managing now, okay? I am managing, so, but I mean, but it's it just like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you really thank God mm. every single day, you know, to put people in your, on your path, you know what I mean, to make you better, you know, to put people on your, you know, on your path, to make you appreciate what you have, you know, you know, it's one of those guys that really make me better, it's one of those guys that really gave me, you know, everything that he had, and I learned so much from him, and, and, uh, and uh, we learned how to trust each other because that was the first year that I that I played for the Tigers, right? So, yeah, I mean, I was with Kansas City and, and we played against each other and the respect was there. But it's not the same, you know, when you have to go out there and, and see him every single day and when you have to go, do have a chance and the blessing to talk to him. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, my favorite one, my favorite one, it was, uh, you know, I went out there and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I supposed to start a game. And, uh, you know, Alavilla came in and, uh, you know, he, he wasn't feeling good or, you know, something like that. And uh, Skipper came to me and said, hey, Peña, you know, uh, are you ready to go? And I'm like, yeah, Skipper, of course, you know. So I went out there and I cut the game and, uh, you know, uh, it was one of those games that I wasn't, it wasn't good, you know, for me, you know. So I think I went like 0 for 4 and, uh, you know, I struck out, you know, like two times or something. I mean, it was, it was not a good game. So after the game, you know, he called me to the office and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in trouble now. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been, uh, I mean, uh, you go into a skipper office, you know, the principal's office, right? Usually not a good thing. So when I went down there and I sat down and I'm like, okay, you know, just become, you know, whatever he got to say, just wear, you know, like a man and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and, and, and and move on, you know. And he, you know, he sent me down and he goes like, hey, uh, you know, I just got to tell you that uh, I, I I appreciate what you did for me tonight. And I'm like, what? Uh, skipper? <laughs> you know, are you talking to Peña? I went over for tonight and stuff like that. He goes like, yeah, I appreciate exactly what you did tonight because, uh, you know, I thought that I saw, you know, uh, a very bad performance, but the one that you had tonight, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he started laughing. He gave me a hug. You know, be ready for tomorrow. You know, forget about it. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's one of those. And I'm like, Seriously, Skipper, I mean, you just like, like that, you just tell me that, that, uh, that I had a very bad day, uh, you know, and, and it's like nothing, you know, because he make you feel like that. He make you feel, even though it is a bad day for you, even though, you know, things that didn't work out for you, he makes sure that, that you feel the love. He mm -hmm. makes sure that you feel the appreciation. He makes sure that you feel like he has your back. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the way I, I coach our players, man. That is exactly the way I manage our players because, uh, you know, there is always a player that, uh, you know, he needs you. And uh, something that I do every single day, winning, losing, you know, or, or whatever happened, I always stay, I, I always leave the dog out last mm -hmm. because I learned that from him. You know, because there is always that player that probably need, mm. you know, for you to sit down with them. There is always that player probably need to talk to you. There is always that player that need that support. And I learned that from him, mm. you know. And, uh, you know, that's something that I do every single day. Just because I appreciate so much what he did for me. And I appreciate so much what he did for all of us that, uh, you know, I'm very thankful. And I, I, I always going to take that with me, uh, you know, the way from here to 
uh, Cooperstown. That's awesome. You know, as much as baseball is moving forward and progressing and new age and new school and, you know, every, you know, baseball's changing so much. I hope that we don't lose all of the old school realization that it's not just about the numbers that it's there's people involved and that's part of managing and that's part of baseball and i hope we don't lose that well i i tell you what i'm a numbers guy mm -hmm. i am i believe in numbers numbers are, yeah. just give me mm -hmm. gives me give me as much numbers that you can give me mm -hmm. i love numbers mm -hmm. i i really i do not I love re numbers i, I know <laughs> I was terrible I, I mean, but that's why you know like I, that's why you and i you know mm -hmm. we can sit down and right. talk about the game mm -hmm. you know but respectfully mm -hmm. you know but at the same time i, I agree with you 100 mm -hmm. there is always time and place for everything mm -hmm. you know i i really do i think uh you know right now our players you know they understand numbers our players they understand analytics our players they understand right. you know exactly you know uh what it takes for them to 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 get to the next level and for them to continue to grow. So you have to learn, uh, you know, how to answer to those players mm -hmm. when they come to you and ask you questions. You know, you have to learn how to to uh, to deliver that information that you're getting, right. you know, from the front office or the, from coordinators and stuff like that for you to be able to to process the, you know that information and give it to your players. Because that's another thing too. You right. need to understand that you that you need to identify who wants that information, mm -hmm. who need that information, and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, so that, that is part of uh, interacting with your players. That is part of that is part of getting to know your players. That is part of of, of making sure that you invest, uh, you know, your time with your players. And that's going to make you a better coach. That's going to make you a better, you know, a better manager. Mm -hmm. And that's going to build that trust. That's going to build that confidence. You know, that when you call them to the office, you don't feel like okay, I'm going to the principal's office. No, when you when you call them to the office, you feel like I'm going to talk to Peña. I'm not going to talk to the skiver. You're not going to talk to somebody who have my back. I'm going to talk to somebody who goes out there and, and uh, you know, he's going to do whatever he got to do, you know, to do, uh, 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 you know, to do his best, you know, to put us in a good position. But I couldn't done it without my coaches. You know, I got to give a lot of credit to my coaches, man. I got to give a lot of credit to Rico, you know, who's our pitching coach, Trevor, our assistant pitching coach, you know, CJ Wesley, you know, our hitting coach, uh, you know, Tim Garland, our bench coach, and also, you know, our strength conditioning, uh, you know, Paul and, uh, you know, and Sean our trainers and uh, Kiera you know our nutritionist I mean Sam you know our, our clubhouse manager I mean everybody involved because it's a very 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 long season and we all need each other mm -hmm. and we all need each other you know to make our players better we all need each other to complement our players you know and, uh, and, 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 and the chemistry and, and, and all that stuff that we build every single day you know is going to take our players to get you know to the next level and when they see that they feed out of that you know, if they see that, if they see a healthy atmosphere, if they see a very good environment, if they see smiles, and if they see, you know, all of us being relaxed and making sure that we're there for them, they're going to go out there and they're going to have fun, man. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we're just playing a game, and that's exactly what we want, to have fun. That's what baseball is. It's a game. Baseball is a beautiful game. It's a fun game. And that's it. I mean, I talked to you for another hour here, but you gotta, <laughs> you got to go manage a game. Uh, Dan Hasty wants to kick us out of his booth. He's already started eating. So, Brian Payne, manager of the West Michigan Whitecaps, of course, Tigers catcher in 2013. Appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. We'll do it again. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you all. Yeah, thanks. All right. Appreciate Dan Hasty of the West Michigan Whitecaps and Whitecaps manager Brian and Pena joining us on this week's edition of the Tigers Today podcast. Chris McCoskey's uh, on location in Cleveland with the Tigers. He's heading home to Detroit as the Tigers are heading home. Winners of four of six on the road trip took two or three against the Cardinals, two or three against the Guardians, and now head home to play the Mariners uh, with three games this weekend and then two games set against Pittsburgh 
early next week. You can check out all our Tigers coverage at DetroitNews.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TonyPaul1984. And we'll be back to do more episodes. Hopefully get Chris back joining us. But again, thanks to Dan Hasty of the Whitecaps and Brian Pena, manager of the Whitecaps. And we'll see you next time.